Welcome, friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens, wherever you happen to be today listening to Glocal News in Social Artistry. I'm your host, Dick Dalton, and each week we have the pleasure of visiting with someone who's building a more humane world from the inside out. And today on KOPN 89.5, your community radio station here in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, my guest is coming to us from Arkansas, uh, down Fayetteville, Arkansas. Joy Fox. Those are two three-letter words, Joy Fox. <laughs> good morning, Joy. Good morning, my dear. <laughs> we say good morning because that's how we're talking right now, but this is airing in the afternoon, so folks just uh, kind of adjust it. Joy and I are on a Zoom call, as so many people are these days, and uh, so if we talk like we're looking at each other, we actually are. <laughs> So, uh, Joy Fox, I have uh, had the pleasure of knowing you for not quite 10 years. Um, Wattle Hollow is a retreat center, uh, meditation center, uh, creativity, music uh, retreat center sometimes. And it has been a delight to get to know you through these years. Sometimes we're there twice a year at waddle hollow so um, how would you like to introduce yourself if you uh, have this audience you don't know uh, frame it in however comes to your heart hmm. thank you it's an interesting challenge let me look in my heart today because it would be different every day mm -hmm. uh, somebody that has been blessed almost beyond measure to have uh, known from an early age that I wasn't gonna fit in and I stopped trying by the time I was 18, mm -hmm. um, traveled around the world on what I call the peasant plan with a couple of different partners, sometimes by myself and came home with a different, with an inclusion of the third world in my consciousness and uh, in 1980, I came home from India with my uh, husband then, who's passed on, uh, and decided to build uh, something right out of our hearts. It was Oroville that inspired us. So that was that's a tiny percentage of my life, but that was 42 years ago. And I have spent those decades uh, embellishing and trying to listen to spirit as closely as possible. So I'm pretty much aligned with listening and creating what I see and hear, which comes right out of my own meditation practice. Wonderful. Wow. I'm thinking Thanks. about- uh, <laughs> oh, I didn't know what I was gonna say. <laughs> sure, hey, that's the way it works. Ooh. This morning, uh, I wanted to be especially prepared for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm here in my cave room I got the incense going, I, I did the bells, I greeted the room and all my uh, guests that are here and uh, hang out here, some past, some present. And, uh, and I listened to a little bit of George Harrison's uh, production of Govinda. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, I, I just almost instantly got the chills and <laughs> was dancing, <laughs> which is, is so much what I picture you as uh, living in uh, a dance uh, of sorts with, uh, with spirit and with the nature and surroundings uh, wherever you are. Um, shall we tell folks a little bit about uh, the evolution of Waddle Hollow itself? Because uh, it's, it's a, an organic um, environment. I mean, it, of course, forest is organic, but, but what you have done there is this organic series of creations and uh, how would you uh, take us through i know we could go to the website which is uh, what what is that waddle hollow dot dot com yes dot com and yes. there's nice little tours that people can take uh, uh, there's the rain drop tour where you hear the falling rain and you look at different places around which was lovely and you have uh, different uh, tours of different buildings and and things that you've uh, got there. So, so folks can go to wattlehollow.com. That's W-A-T-T-L-E, hollow. Let's hear, though, from the creator. <laughs> well, I'm going to call you the co-creator, if that's all right. Absolutely. <laughs> 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 We're all mm-hmm. co-creating. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and you've so correctly pointed out that dance is the, is the most uh, sincere uh, form, but I consider everything I do as a form of dance. And my objective has really been to get out of the way and listen. My husband and I came back from India. We spent 18 months there, hitchhiked over and back in the 70s and um, came back to, to deciding to just start something with the exact same um, premise as Oroville, which was to get out of the way and listen to spirit. And we didn't have electricity for six years, which was a great blessing. And then finally we decided we wanted uh, light. In the evenings we'd cut a right away a mile and a half, but mostly I did with my chainsaw at mm. his instruction. And, um, he died in the winter solstice of 85 and I realized that it was time. And I went back and got a degree as a therapist and decided it was time to open Waddle as a healing place where people could uh, feel whole and be witnessed. I think that those are the two ingredients Mm. to feel whole in nature and be witnessed Mm -hmm. by each other, by me, by them, by their own heart, really. And so it's just evolved organically about 25 years ago. I heard about cobbing which is adobe mounding, which uh, really, I, I feel things through my hands, really, mm. aesthetically. I heard about it, my hands started tingling, so I know I'm onto something. <laughs> and um, ever since then, I've been making mud buildings or cob buildings and, and, and elaborating them with uh, stained glass that I cut, stained glass windows and tile mosaic floors. And I do most of this in my silent retreats which has been between 40 and 60 days. And I just sit down and listen. And then when I see, I see it and then I feel it. The product never quite equals what I see. 
So as an artist, I always have to compromise with that. But it's, uh. but I promise it that I won't leave it until it's until it, I feel satisfied. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Only promise I can make. The castle took twelve years. <laughs> yes, one of the buildings is called the castle. Seventy tons of adobe walls. Oh my. <laughs> Goodness, I had no idea. I know because I know how much sand we brought in. <laughs> oh, well, that's uh, our favorite room is the mother room. The ferocious mother room. Oh, I keep forgetting that first word. <laughs> <laughs> One likes to forget. <laughs> yes, and that's one of the few buildings that actually has an indoor toilet facility, although right outdoors and are dotted around the campus uh, are other outdoor composters, composters, yes, mm. which are all unique and uh, beautifully arranged and keep you feeling as though you haven't left nature <laughs> while you're there. Um, answering your, your nature call mm-hmm. actually we get more hits on the compost toilets than anything my web techie tells me oh, yeah. <laughs> how about that wow yeah because you have a little tour of the different uh well i have my favorites but uh, i won't go into the details of all that. <laughs> <laughs> so was the first uh, structure the little house down past the pond, or the, how did you oh, got the a... first structure's gone? Oh, okay. It is the castle. I was about to uh, renovate it when I realized it was finished. Oh, okay. By, entirely by hand, yeah, you know, those first two years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The termites just wasn't living anymore. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So with Cobb mud building you don't have a termite problem no we don't have any kind of problems because of the foundation is rock uh-huh yeah and then yeah it's, as long as the roof lasts it is infinite mm-hmm. awesome <laughs> and sustainable it will just melt back into the earth someday yeah, yeah right mm-hmm. uh the uh, pond which is so beautifully situated as you can see in the website pictures how did that come around? That was the only thing there when we arrived. So it was already there. Okay. It was man-made by the, the, uh, the young man from Columbia, Jim Keys. Jim, what is his name? I forgot his last name. Hmm. He made the pond and then he broke up with his girlfriend. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. When you say Columbia, do you mean Columbia, Missouri? Yes. Wow. What a connection. Yes, so, very sweet. So Columbia, Missouri has a connection with Waddle Hollow because the pond is sort of the center. It focus. is. It's a tool and energy. Yes. Wow. Well, I'm so happy to, you know, that's the first time I'd heard that uh, piece. So I'm so glad I asked. Yeah, I may have never mentioned it to anyone before. Yeah. <laughs> And here we are, KOPN, Columbia, Missouri, and and we're connected to Wattle Hollow, uh, our sister community (laughs) in uh, northwest Arkansas. Just a little, yes. How beautiful is that? So you got some 
training as a therapist? Uh, is this <laughs> is this uh, hands-on therapy or is this uh, talk therapy or combo or yes, dance yes, therapy? Yes. <laughs> it's uh, everything we do becomes who we are. And um, I have been given a cosmic assignment since I was 16 of somehow had helping people off the planet. And it became uh, blatantly clear when I was 16. Uh, my friend, best friend died when I was 18. My best friend who had said to me the week before, I can't live on a planet without where there isn't love. She was crying. Mm. She was killed the next week in a car accident. She wasn't driving. She was the only one killed. On and on and on. My family was so freaked out. And um, went to visit a friend with leukemia. We thought he was getting better and he died the last day of my visit. And I sang him out of his body, talked him out of his body. And it became clear that this was my assignment. Mm -hmm. So uh, even before my husband died of cancer, I had gone back to school to become a grief therapist. Oh, okay. Yes, and I sang him out of his body. And then I became a hospice grief counselor. Mm -hmm. I was a volunteer for many years. Then they put me on the staff for another 15 years. Mm -hmm. And I trained the volunteers and staff for another 20 years. So grief, loss, and bereavement is, uh, is the flip side of joy, healing, and renewal to me. And it's a very sacred place. So what are those three words again that are the flip side? Grief? Loss and bereavement. That's what I trained in. Right. Grief, loss, and bereavement are like mm -hmm. the flip side of joy, healing, and renewal. So you actually live in Fayetteville. And... Well, I spent about half my time. Uh-huh. Yeah. I this mantra, wherever you are, you're missing something terribly important. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of a humorous way to say, just be where you are. Yes. Very good. Yes. Why bother thinking about what I'm missing? Just. Exactly. We choose. Yeah. Like tonight I'll be singing with our singing group in town, a, a, a pop-up concert of hope and renewal. <laughs> a pop-up concert. Yes. Does that have a schedule or does yeah. it just pop up? No, it's tonight and we and people are planning on coming. <laughs> uh -huh. But is it like a once a month or once a week or? Uh, it's going to be just twice because it's outside. So we don't know what the weather will be. Uh -huh. no. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, my wife and I are going to a little singing group uh, this evening, but we meet at people's a rotating houses uh huh? and you know this week we'll be at somebody's house and in a couple of weeks we'll be at someone else's house and play music and sing and have little fellowship so yeah I, that we don't call it we call it slow jam nice. <laughs> so, yeah so music is a, what do you you play the flute i know uh is that it's, your primary i usually have uh i sing and drum but uh this is mostly uh Guitar and acapella. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. We throw ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's other uh, musical things that go on in Fayetteville that, I don't know, maybe you participate with too. Not only is there open mic, I hear, but there's uh, some kind of once a month environmental music get together, 
uh, that Still in the Hill helps uh, organize, Donna and Kelly. Anyway, they've said that we ought to come down sometime and, and sing on some of our songs. So uh, a lot of cool things going on in your area. I'm, I've been blissed out for uh, 42 years Yeah. with this oh. community. Wow. Which is uh, so heart-centered. They're so ego light. You know, they come and cross and commingle constantly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you have to let your spirit draw you to that community because when you're driving through all of the big concrete expressways and seeing all the Walmart, this and that, you can think that maybe there isn't anything like you're describing around. Yeah. Yeah. And it's ecstatic for me. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so we're about into our first uh, break of the afternoon. Uh, let me reintroduce you as I say hello, guests, uh, fellow uh, listeners here to the KOPN uh, community radio station, 89.5 FM. Uh, you're listening to Glocal News in Social Artistry. Uh, our show is once a week on Monday afternoons from five to six, as you're noticing. Uh, I'm the host, Dick Dalton, and each week we get to talk to people who are building a more humane world from the inside out. And we're so glad you're with us today because we're listening and having a chat with Joy Fox from Fayetteville, Arkansas, split time with um, Wattle Hollow. Uh, where she and her husband, who's passed, co-created a, uh, a little community spot, uh, a retreat spot. And now, Joy, you have lots of things that go on uh, during, the, during the season where it's appropriate to be out in the forest. <laughs> yes. Coming about seven months a year. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, you've had dignitaries come there. You've had, uh, you have different teachers that come and hold retreats. Can you give us a little taste of um, the variety, uh, kind of just do a little showcase for what yes. you have offering there? I'll try. You, Dick, have only seen the smallest slice of what Hot Waddle Hollow is, which is no less uh, fantastic. But that happens twice a year. The rest of the year, almost uh, many, many weekends in the spring and fall. In the last several years, it's been 90% millennials who are pouring in. I never advertise, but they tell their friends who tell their friends who tell their friends. And everything has been full with a waiting list. People, as we know, are outrageously stressed. And they were before the pandemic. And the pandemic has magnified that exponentially. Uh, we have all the karmic conditions for uh, inflammation of the mind and body and polarized discourse. So I'm really here. I feel like my future is to be a guide for these exquisite, mostly younger people, my older students come, but mostly younger people who are desperate for the life preserver of sanity mm -hmm. and, and spirit. And so I mostly 90% of the time teach the combination of yoga and Vipassana insight, very simple meditation 
in silence. We take noble silence and people are able to see their minds and uh, have compassion for starting with ourselves, all beings. And it's such a great pleasure. And I, I really don't know what I'm going to say till the retreat starts uh, because whoever's there pulls it out of me. Right. And the interviews and the longer retreats have now become usually three chairs because there's usually somebody that that interviewee needs to speak with. So my, my therapeutic background has become woven in to the track. Okay. I call it, Buddhism is more psychology than, than religion anyway. Oh, yeah. So it all works for me. Yeah. Very little doctrine, as I recall. In no, Buddhism. Buddha begged us not to believe. Because <laughs> <laughs> your teachers say it. Because your parents said it. Mm-hmm. Because the priests say it. And I beg the same of my students. Check this out. Yeah. Oh. Self-examination, or uh, I think one of the authors, or the authors of uh, the Five Agreements, one of the agreements <laughs> is be skeptical. Fabulous. And, uh, and learn to listen. Such a great book. <laughs> yeah, good. Yes. Good agreements. Yeah. One of my favorite sayings, which has brought me such comfort, is, "I trust you will ignore me if spirit indicates something other than I am saying." Ah. That way I can speak my truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. You have other teachers that come and do retreats? Uh, I co-teach Okay. Uh, with one of my favorite people, an organic farmer and very devout yogi. Uh, last, last weekend retreat uh, last month was uh, called Being Where You Are. We've done it 16 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, ever since we, we went to Santa Fe together and, and merged yoga and meditation. Wonderful. And yeah, the... most of I teach myself now because I'm lazy and it's easy. <laughs> well, I got to be there because of a creativity music yeah. retreat weekend that uh, used to happen twice a year, but then COVID kind of interrupted for uh, almost two years, I I think this last weekend when Marcia and I were there, uh, it had, it was actually two years since we had all been able to be together. And yes. uh, so you have, a, I don't know when you and Jack Williams and still on the Hill, uh, Kelly and Donna Mulholland uh, got together to help create or co-create this particular weekend. What's the history on that? I think it's been about 28 sessions now because we did 25th anniversary way before now. Mm -hmm. And um, it was something that these exquisite artists, so wise and brilliant and talented, um, decided to do. They were going to, it was going to happen once or maybe twice. And it became like a a sacred family reunion and people Uh were signing up for the next one as they were leaving. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and we've all grown and grown and grown and grown with the um, divine practice of merging our energy and exposing our, our little children to spontaneity. And it's always scary. And I always some part of me resists and always come out feeling outrageously blessed. Wow. Well, I, I remember uh, scary a few times. <laughs> 
<laughs> somehow, uh, at least this time, scary never showed up. Uh, it was just so, uh, so eager to be there and, and listen and share and, and immerse myself in the space. And uh, one thing you don't know is that we, when they were trying to decide whether to do it or not, because COVID was raging in Arkansas, oh. um, the staff said mournfully, well, can we come spend the weekend anyway, <laughs> even if we cancel it? And I assured them they could. That's how close the bonds are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So just to mention a little more about the uh, staff, uh, we've got uh, Kelly and Donna Mulholland, who go by the moniker of Still on the Hill, a music team that is, lives there in Fayetteville and uh, is really an integral part of the community and the, the whole region in terms of the, the way they've brought the area sort of into perspective with song and uh, the various ways. I don't know. It's just amazing what they've done. And I then think world citizens as much as anyone I know of. Yeah. And then Jack and Judy Williams have moved to the area and um, Jack tours or pre COVID toured. And now is trying to, you know, all the artists are trying to find ways to, uh, share their art, uh, whether it's Zooming or uh, a few tours here and there and a little retreat now and then. So uh, we've got, uh, you know, top-notch folks that you have helping us uh, find ourselves and uh, our place and giving us a, a, a place for expression, sort of um, catalyzing some of those expressions. Yeah, it's just... Jack is a brilliant, brilliant artist, too. And it's been amazing to watch Judy grow. Oh, indeed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, when I first went, I didn't have an instrument other than my voice and uh, harmonica. And, oh, then, <laughs> and then I finally bought a ukulele and uh, it found me. I found it. I'm not sure. And it's a good place for me to be. Uh, Marsha plays a guitar and... Uh, there are folks there, though, that play violin and guitar and uh, a bunch of other string kinds of instruments and flutes and whatnot. Yeah. There's a, another a part, though, of your life that uh, I've heard about, but I don't know much about. And that's when it's not the season for people to be with you at Waddle. Sometimes you go places and do things <laughs> and, and knowing you it's all to make the world a more humane place to bring sanity, to bring peace to, I don't know, tell us what you do. Uh, if that's all right, do you mind exposing that little or huge uh, part of your <laughs> Darling, if I have a secret, I'd like to know what it is. So <laughs> not ask me. Crazy bless. I didn't know because the furthest journey I ever take is the one into silence. It's going to come out of that in the, in the summer when it's hot and it's too hot and buggy for people. I love that. But in the winter, I like to say I have found a way to do good in the tropics. Because if there's one thing I really can't tolerate, or I could, but I choose not to, it's cold weather. 
Oh, okay. Degrees. Mm -hmm. I decided that about 40, 50 years ago. So, um, yeah, and I had a spiritual teacher who's a psychic intuitive named Anna Cox. And for several years, she would tell me where to go. She would just choose my assignment. Mm. For instance, uh, about eight years ago, she said, I see a large bone, dark skinned woman carrying you through a rainbow circle of light to Africa. So be alert to invitations. That was the only clue I had. (laughs) So I said, okay. And um, uh, it was a few months later that I was trying to throw away a magazine and it wouldn't leave my hand. And I looked at it and it was an albino child sitting on the lap of a black nun. And I read the article because it wouldn't leave my hand. And I wrote to this woman in a little tiny town in Tanzania. I said, I think I'm supposed to come there. And uh, I had lots of fear because she uh, ran a sanctuary, which they guarded day and night because albino children are stolen and murdered for body parts. Uh, The uh, witch doctors hire assassins to put them in potions. Very scary. So I knew Yeah, that's what I said. Wow. So I had fearful, you know, and I even had a vision where I actually spoke to one of these witch doctors in a sort of altered state and said, I am coming and light conquers dark. Know that I that I'm coming. Mm -hmm. And I lived in a tent in the yard there because there wasn't room. There was like uh, 26 kids in this six bedroom house, not six room house. Yeah. And uh, it definitely changed my life, spending uh, two and a half months there in that tent. Mm -hmm. It was uh, such a blessing for me. And some really great things came out of it. Mm -hmm. And next year, this is just tiny samples. My, this nun wrote me and said, I don't think you better come back because the authority, the police are looking for you and they're very angry because I had busted the politician that was uh, pretending to be running their website stealing all the money. So um, I called my teacher and said, am I supposed to go back there? And she said, oh no, you're never supposed to go back there. (laughs) She said, but South Africa looks looks bright. You're supposed to go there and um, work with traumatized children and families. So I got on a plane. I had two weeks to cancel that ticket and get the other one and landed in uh, Cape Town with zero information. And uh, that unfolded exquisitely. And my faith has been amplified ever since then, that whatever I need will happen. I ended up working in a home with extremely handicapped children and teaching uh, healing to the staff. (laughs) What does that mean, teaching healing? Uh, A massage. Song massage, yeah, to the staff. Mm -hmm. And also dealing with the staff who have, are all traumatized from apartheid. Yeah. Right. So and with the head of the center, we went out every morning at dawn and did meditation. Mm-hmm. Something we had never. The first thing I said to him was, I'll never be back hmm. here. The spirit had told me that. And he took it very seriously mm-hmm. for two and a half months. And he learned meditation, gave up smoking, changed his diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is what inside out is all about. We really need to go inside and 
make the changes there before we try to go and change somebody else in any way. Uh, yeah. This this uh, nutritional inflammation is something that really fascinates me, and I actually focus on that with my kids. We fast whenever we have more than one day retreat, and we cook together, mm-hmm. and we don't do flour or sugar. Yeah. Okay, so that means uh, gluten free. Gluten and flour free and sugar free. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I'm a perfect example, but I do my best. <laughs> <laughs> and that doesn't necessarily mean vegetarian. No, no, it doesn't. Uh-huh. But we try to be, um, we try to make the food as untortured as possible. Yeah. And organic and local as possible. And are your kids responding well to that? Yes. Yes, I do what I can. And I see lots of miracles mm-hmm. and uh, they see the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The well, idea is to feel the difference. When we come to the music retreat, we are not flour free or sugar free. I'm not in charge of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a huge difference. That's, that's why I say that the songwriters is a small slice of life at Waddle. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I can feel actually a desire to experience what you have done in terms of flour-free, sugar-free, to see how that, how that changes. Yeah. Yes. It's very interesting to me. Yeah. Because you have, I guess, just a few days though, but body can, can respond to that fairly quickly. Yes, and I'm still recovering from songwriters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Marsh and I were wondering why we were sleeping so much and uh, when we got back. And I don't know that maybe that's uh, part of that uh, getting over all of that stuff. Uh, yeah. I certainly did. <laughs> yeah. Yay. So now it's all out. So I didn't mention that in the winters, I more commonly go to a retreat center in Thailand. Thailand. Where I'm the international hostess and I teach dance and song. And uh, it's a great pleasure. Great, wonderful pleasure. Yes. And now I go to Cambodia where I might spend this winter. Yeah. What was your first invitation or were you sent to Thailand? Uh, Spirit sent me. I, um, I learned cobbing from a woman in Asheville named Janelle Kapoor. And she sent out, this is like 20 some years ago, one little email that said, uh, I've been invited to Cobb at this uh, social, socially progressive center in Thailand. And it's gonna be hard work in very hot weather. And we'll be working with the Buddhist nuns and monks. Or, is anyone interested? And I could feel like, We'll be sleeping on the floor. My, I could feel my hand rising almost involuntarily. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> and, um, and my teacher in Thailand came to that workshop to see what was happening. And ever since, and she, we recognized each other in a profound way. So I've been working with her ever since. Can you tell us what teaching dance? Because when I think of Thailand, I think of very intricate dancing that they traditionally already do what kind of dance would you be teaching thank you very much thailand is a 
exquisite and profoundly sensitive place, but it's very structured. Mm-hmm. You know, when children are taking art, they're usually shown a picture of a tree. Now draw this, or shown a picture of a bunny, and everyone does it very well. Mm-hmm. So I go out of my way to be odd. Yes. And when I dance, and the Thai dance is very feminine and soft. So I do something I call baking a cake, where we do uh, the feminine and then we do the masculine. Ha! Because as I say, everything is not sweet. Some things need a, a firm, solid response slavery, anger, prejudice. And we do soft, or high, low, masculine, feminine, and fast, slow. And so people bake their own cake. It gets us out of our, our ruts. Everyone has a dance rut. We fall back into our shtick. Mm-hmm. And that's wonderful. But it's nice to know that we have so... Oh, and I do body isolation. So we do our hips. We do every part of the body. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. while we're baking our cake, we're using the whole body. Mm-hmm. I also teach this at Cancer Village. Where I spend a week. Cancer can- Village... In rural Thailand, where people come with late stage cancer. Oh, my. One of the happiest places I've ever been. Wow. Beautiful. Well, Joy, I'm going to reintroduce you to our listening audience. Hi, folks. Uh, Glad you're with us today on KOPN, your community radio station here out of Columbia, Missouri, 89.5 FM, and streaming on the web at KOPN.org. This show is called Glocal News in Social Artistry. Notice it's G-L-O-C-A-L because there is really no particular separation between local and global. Uh, it's, it's a mashup. Uh, it, it just keeps happening that way. So that's where the glocal comes in. And social artistry is a, in some ways, a practice that uh, had sort of a structure out of the Jean Houston's work in uh, her mystery schools. And it was hard to define for a while, but my most recent definition once I came onto this uh, radio show was building a more humane world from the inside out. Uh, To me, that's what a social artist does. And it can be in any kind of practice that you have. We've whether it's music, art, uh, teaching, we've had such a variety of folks on this show. And by the way, if you want to listen to any of the past shows, uh, go to kopn.org and click on programs, find Glocal News in Social Artistry, and there you'll see uh, an archive of shows uh, by year. Uh, that go back to when it started uh, actually four years ago, 2017. And uh, we don't have them all there, but the majority are there. Another place to go is on Facebook. If you're still (laughs) uh, doing your Facebook after all this uh, latest ruckus, uh, go to Glocal News and Social Artistry, and you can actually see the uh, photograph of the people and the the, a little bit about them, as well as listen to their, um, well, we'll just call it a podcast uh, since this is recorded. But today, our present guest, who you can listen to anytime if you go to those places I just mentioned, is Joy 
Fox, who um, I get to see right now that she's wearing a T-shirt that has on the front climate justice now. And uh, we haven't talked about climate, uh, Joy. You're down in uh, Arkansas, northwest Arkansas, kind of uh, partly in Fayetteville, partly in a little retreat center that you co-created called Wattle Hollow. And, uh, and then you travel. We just heard about travels that you do in the cold months to uh, tropical climates and do healing work. And uh, I think all, you're always doing healing work of some sort. So uh, do you have some thoughts that you'd like to mm -hmm, share on climate justice now? I'm sure there's other t-shirts that you could have picked for today, but uh, that's what's up front. Wonderful. Thank you. And thank you for doing this, these podcasts. I will go listen to some others. I think the greatest malady is uh, for all humans is a sense of powerlessness right now. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, for instance, before we eat a meal in my retreat centers, when we're in silence, it's most likely to be most conscious time for most of the participants, we'll go out on the balcony and we'll ask, may we take a portion of this meal, which is as local? Oh, I'll say, uh, so this prayer is about in, um, witnessing the four elements, uh, the water, the fire, the earth, and the air to uh, return, which is what we are. We're just rented parts of the elements. And we can't, we can't be separate from them. May we take a portion of the meal we're about to eat, which is as local and organic as possible, mm -hmm. and return it to the preservation of these elements while we are able. So I'm really interested in empowering each of us and everybody's at a different place in consciousness to feel empowered. Tonight, while we're singing at our concert, I'll give a little speech from Greta Thunberg during one of our songs, which is No More Silence. Our only hope is to spread awareness. We are the hope. We, the people. Yeah. So the message is don't be silent about how you feel about the climate. Is that what you're hearing? Yes. Yes. Don't be silent and uh, power, powerlessness avails us nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we do what we can with what we have. Okay. Yeah. And what kind of uh, opportunities, okay, we see that your opportunities are working with retreats. Uh, you say mostly millennials are, are showing up at your retreats and, and knocking the door down almost because of what they hear from each other about how you make a space for them to change and it really works. Uh, yes, my psychic intuitive teacher, Anna Cox, said to me years ago, the millennials have the ability and the capacity and the creativity to, to do things that we are not able to, we elders. Mm -hmm. So I'm just here to hold that lantern mm -hmm. and marvel at the, the speed with which they get. It's hard to get a millennial's attention, but once you do, we travel at the speed of light. Awesome. Wow. Far beyond where I can go. I'm hopeful because 
the energetic capacity, the literal energetic capacity, which I measure um, of so many people now is so much exponentially stronger than people in the dark. So we don't need numbers to prevail. We need this energy to prevail. Does that make any sense? Well, I hear you. My, I'm translating that we need quality, quality spirit, yes. <laughs> not necessarily quantity of people. Yes. yes, because a person with light who carries the light is perhaps a thousand times more energy mm -hmm. than someone living in darkness. Mm -hmm. I think there's <laughs> even, uh, I think there's even some research about physical light that mm -hmm. our body produces light all the time. Yes. But that light can be much more concentrated and powerful uh, the more we have our own meditation of centering on the heart and, and then projecting that love outwardly. Is that what you're hearing? That's good. Yes, what I'm saying isn't uh, can't really be translated in words, but you just mm -hmm. did in close. You approached mm -hmm. <laughs> the light. Yeah, thank well, you. I think that's what your pro whole program's about: approaching the light with hope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. Good. So we're going to allow you <laughs> to please just take about. Well, five, maybe 10 minutes, if you wish, to, uh, to guide us mm -hmm. as you're led to guide us. We don't often do this on the show, but um, why not? We have someone who knows how to listen, and uh, we're all listening to the radio today. Maybe we've been busy. Maybe we've been running here and there. And it would be a blessing if we were able to just take a few minutes and be guided uh, into our heart. How about that? I love that. Thank you. Spirit is telling me to guide a metta meditation. Lametta being the Buddhist word for loving kindness. So the practice, we do this at the end of every day in my retreat center. So uh, I hope I have enough time to do this. So You have time. Good. You have all the time you need. Thank you, my love. Uh, so um, this is my version of a metta meditation. Um, and also somewhat traditional in the Vipassana called the Insight Southeast Asian tradition. So... We begin by bringing our own self at any age to the mind's eye, holding it there, which takes a little focus. And I'd like to offer these words. And if my words don't work for you, feel free to throw them out and replace them with your own. <sighs> Breathing into the heart. May I be happy. May I be happy beyond conditions, which as we know are continually shifting. It would be madness to base our happiness on conditions. May I be happy to be breathing and loving. 
May I be free from danger and safe from harm, most especially the harm imposed by my own mind, which Buddha tells us is the only actual harm there is. Everything else is just a situation to be dealt with. May I find a practice unique to my own tradition, history, and karma, a sanctuary to which I can return from ignorance, arrogance, craving, aversion, and the thousand forms of suffering known as dukkha. May I see the jewel-like nature of my own inner being. May I ultimately return to love and serve all beings. So let that blessing sink into wherever the trauma is, the pain that we all have. Now it's a practice to offer these same blessings to a loved one, uh, your root teacher, or what I call your angel, the person with whom you might not be alive today who served you at certain special vulnerable point in your life. Bring that one, one of those angels to your mind. We'll offer this same blessing. Hello, beloved. Thank you for loving me when I didn't know how to love myself. May you too be happy beyond conditions. May you too be free from harm, safe from danger, especially that imposed by your own mind, the actual only source of harm. May you too find a sanctuary, a practice to which you can return from anger, arrogance, aversion, boredom, fear, and return to the walk towards liberation. May you too know the crystalline jewel within and serve all beings. Know that your love just traveled through time, space, and logic as pure love does. Someone somewhere is wondering what happened. Next in our heart expanding process, we choose what is known as a neutral person. Someone that you are not particularly close to who don't have an emotional relationship. We're practicing blessing someone that we don't know. It could be someone you saw this morning, could be the postman. We'll offer the same blessing. Hello, dear neutral person. May you be happy beyond continually shifting conditions, happy to be alive, happy to be breathing. May you too be free from harm, especially the harm imposed by your own thoughts. May you too find a practice to which you can return a sanctuary soon as you notice the fear, the pain, the anger, the envy, which causes such suffering for ourselves and the many. May you too know the crystalline nature of your own being. Knowing that someone somewhere is also wondering what just happened as you sometimes feel that breeze into your mind when someone is blessing you. Finally, we bring our fully as possible expanded hearts 
to bless what the Dalai Lama calls my friend, the enemy. I suggest that you don't pick the big enemy, pick a pocket-sized enemy for the first time, someone that perhaps causes you to gossip with whom you need to make an alliance because you don't feel particularly loved. So pick your, if you're picking the big enemy, then choose a percentage that you think you're able to offer this blessing to. It took me years, I've left my ex-husband, but I, I never wanted him to be happier than me until <laughs> the last 20 years. <laughs> now he can be as happy as is able. So bring an enemy to mind. We'll offer this final series of blessings. Hello, dear enemy. Thank you for the blessing of being able to expand my heart. Because as Carolyn May said, forgiveness is the most selfish thing you can do. Dear enemy, may you be happy beyond conditions. My dear enemy, may you be free from harm and safe from danger. Of course, danger is the thoughts that we harbor, which cause so much pain. May you too find a sanctuary, as I wish for myself, to which you can return from the many human forms of suffering, pain, anger, arrogance, fear, craving, and addiction. May you too, my dear enemy, come to see the crystalline jewel that you are within. May you ultimately choose to serve all beings. May all beings be safe from fear. May all beings no happiness beyond conditions. Thank you for this opportunity to share, my dear friend. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joy. I think I'll re-listen to this frequently. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. A great blessing for me. <laughs> well, you have, you've um, broadcast it out to the airways. And whoever needs to be listening is listening. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm reminded uh, at Wattle, you have uh, a walk where St. Francis is promoting, <laughs> being promoted in terms of the thoughts. Uh, and, and that's always a little walk to take when you get to go there and uh, and know that it's you know better to be better to pardon than be pardoned and so on the different uh, phrases that go through that prayer is radical <laughs> yeah radical prayer is there a name for that is it just the saint francis prayer or is it the saint francis and the saint claire path she's she's become a strong influence in my life too yeah I think she was his inspiration, actually. Yes. <laughs> I first heard about her at a Jean Houston uh, mystery school and powerful teaching that was uh, shared there. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And also you have the grieving mothers um, area. I don't know what the right word is, the grieving mothers mm -hmm. altar, in a sense. Um, and you have words there that, people can read and meditate on that uh, the one 
I can't quite get it all. I haven't quite memorized it yet, but it, it's like your caring heart is what is healing the world. I'm terrible paraphrasing, but maybe you have it more clear. Oh, no, it's clear as crystal in my heart. <laughs> it was given to me as lyric. So shall I, I, I don't know if we're going to run out of time, but the top of the, the plaques, my friend made the plaques. For you who are grieving, children, big or little, past or present. Of course, we carry grief through generations as well. Uh, the planet herself, our dear mother. The next plaque says, humans languishing in prison, those bars can be physical or astral. And the last one is factory farmed animals. And below that, below the grieving mother's stat, stat, bronze statue, it says, take comfort here in your own caring heart. For you are, you are the link between now and the future. And there's a place to write your grief or your letter and put it in the wall, there's holes in the wall or put it in a journal. I can't tell you how many people have written, including probation kids that come out to Wow. Yeah. Wow, wonderful. Yeah. Well, Joy, uh, we're gonna let that sort of be the last word. It's just been luscious <laughs> and so gratifying to have you with us today. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. And friends, uh, remember, wherever you are, that is your world. Uh, Please leave your world cleaner, more peaceful, and more loving than you found it. Because if it is to be, it is up to us. Take care.